That that reminds me of an interesting thing. Are we, we're all on Mac, Macintoshes, right? Yes. Because a, a, a call recorder memo came up yesterday when I recorded the Fitzall with the other guys. And it said, call recorder will no longer work with, modern, with new updates of the Apple operating system. Here we go. And it just said the word okay. And I thought it was going to bring me to like a solve or a patch or a... <laughs> and I clicked it, and it just went away. And I was like, "Oh wow, like, okay, okay, <laughs> you're, you're done." I saw so, that too. I don't know if that's like a permanent so, thing or if that was a weird. Yeah. So, because anyway, I recorded successfully last night, so we'll see what happens today. Might be. Recording. Well, I had it before last week, and it worked oh, last week. So, okay, good. I yeah, suppose I saw it yesterday first. Hey guys, what's up? What's up? Hey, I'm slowly getting it's my cold. voice back. Oh, it's minus seven right now in New York. Minus seven. That, Minus six in Toledo. Bob, you doing okay? Oh, oh yeah. It's like 59. No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, <laughs> 10 degrees here, which I thought was super cold. And I was going to be like, hey, guys, check it out. I'm in the cold club. And you're like, nope, negative <laughs> degrees. <laughs> and my, old, warmer my, my old farmhouse isn't insulated well. So there's certain parts of the house where I feel like you're walking outside. It's like fighting to stay above 40 in certain parts of the house. It's pretty so tough. without ripping out like walls and stuff in, in that type of a house, can you do anything about that? No. I mean, could you like blow in insulation or anything nah. like that? Nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. It's gotta, I saw one of my, my neighbor, actually my neighbor, my only uh, house that's like on my street down the, down the road, about half a mile down the road, they took apart all the clapboard from the outside. I thought it was a very interesting technique. They literally removed all the clapboard from the outside and stuffed the wall with insulation from the outside and then put the clapboard back up. So when you think of the complications of removing the inside wall versus the outside wall, the outside wall is easier to remove. They removed every piece of clapboard that the building looked like it was degloved and then they put insulation in and put all the clapboard back. They were doing it in sections so they could keep the boards numbered so they could put the boards right back where they were. And then, you know, then he got damaged while they were being pulled off. You could see they put, because the house is yellow, so they took them down, and then occasionally you see yellow with a new white one. Or, and uh, anyway, once it was all painted, it looked back to normal. It took a whole summer. Wow. Yeah. See, so you can do it. You can. So you should yeah. do it. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm going to start this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, do they, um, it's, since there's like farmhouses up there, older, you know, 200-year-old type yeah. homes do you ever see homes getting moved on trucks um i i have never seen it up here but i know that it has for instance there's like there's a house nearby and they're like oh this house used to be on that road and they moved it like in the 50s so i know it has happened and one of my neighbors about two miles away was offering a house for sale for twenty twenty thousand dollars but you had to take it that's and, pretty wild and and me and taylor looked at it and we were thinking about it um, you know, it would be another twenty thousand or plus at least to move it. Maybe fifty thousand or a hundred thousand to move it, but we we passed. Nobody bought it, and the guy just bit the bullet and fixed it up. He did a really nice job, but it was a tiny, tiny little colonial house, probably seventeen fifties, sixties, and he he did a good job restoring it. It's small, really small. It's like hmm. twenty by like thirty feet. That's the footprint of the house, and that's what that would be the only reason why we consider it because it, it wasn't like a multi-family giant house it, it was you know just bigger than a tiny house so to move it would have mm. been one one right turn to my property anyway we decided to build a barn it was more fun 
they have a lot more room. <laughs> they were in Savannah. There was a there was a house that wasn't anything really to look at. It was in pretty bad shape, but it, I think it was kind of a two story farmhouse. But it was in the middle of town, like what had you know in, eventually developed into the town, and it was. Uh, right up against the road, but then there was farmland kind of behind it that went to the river. So it was a pretty expensive piece of land, but this house was there. And it was never for sale. The land was never for sale that I could tell. And then one day, I see a crew out there, and they're just, like, taking stuff off the house. And I'm like, oh, they're going to tear the house down, finally, and do something else. And it was weird. They, and this is what made me think of it. Sorry, I have a bunch of stuff in my throat. Um, They took all the siding off. And so I thought maybe they were you know, going to sell off materials Orcs. or something like that. They took all the siding off, and then a couple days later, they brought in a lift and a crazy truck and lifted this house up, drove a truck underneath it, and then drove the truck drove the house away. Wow! And they were moving it the entire thing, um, you know, at one time. But I don't know why. Maybe they had to take the windows out or something to move it, and that meant taking off the siding. I don't know. Yeah. But it was really weird because I wouldn't have expected that house to be worth the effort and the cost of moving it somewhere, but I guess it was. Yeah. Moving houses is pretty cool. There used to be a TV show. Uh, I don't even remember. I haven't had a TV in so long, but there was this TV show that I used to always find every week, and they would move huge buildings, like municipal buildings. They would, like, move it Mm -hmm. and move it, like, reposition it on a block, like, pick it up and move it over two lots because some other thing was happening. But that was incredible. They were moving giant brick buildings, like things you didn't think were even possible. The house that I it's grew up in that, that's worthwhile. was moved into its location. So it was it was 100 years old when we were living in it, or almost 100 years old. And as a kid, you know, my parents were telling me, like, yeah, this house was moved here. It was used to be out in the country. And it just did not make any sense. Like, how is that even possible? Because it had a basement and everything. Like, how do you move a house? And why would oh. you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't seem worthwhile, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, I got contacted. Interesting. We'll get into what we're ta- what we're working on in a minute. But I I got contacted by a big national brand retailer. It says, "Hey, we're a huge national brand retailer with stores all over the world. Um, we're interested in your property." And my I have forty acres, but my house is literally like twenty feet from that side of the road, and like fifty feet from that road. So my house is on the corner of the property near the road on a corner. And they said, "Would you be interested? We only want to buy this." corner to two acres, which is exactly where the house is. And uh, so Taylor's mom is a, is a uh, real estate person. So I gave her the number and she called him and she's like, we'll make a deal. We'll sell the corner for a million and a half. And you pay the expenses to have the house moved back. And they said, uh, no, no way. Thank you. We're only offering, they were only offering <laughs> like, like $80,000 for the, for the corner lot, which you know, mm. my house is all that. I just said, <clears throat> It came clear to me they're just looking at the tax map. They had no idea where the locations of the buildings were. And hmm. anyway, they asked everybody with a corner lot, like within a mile or two in each direction. And they ended up selling. Somebody bought, somebody sold their corner lot, and a Dollar General popped up like a weed. You know what? I was going to make a joke and say that Dollar General probably wouldn't pay that for your land. No, no, no. We didn't but know who it was until it was. <laughs> we didn't know who it was until it was uh, the deal was done, and then all of a sudden, everybody in the town was grumbling, getting their pitchforks and their torches together for the town meeting. And I stood up and I said, "How many Dollar Generals do we need in a twenty mile circumference?" And everybody went, "Yeah, yeah." And then about a, right. six months, Jimmy later, for mayor. <laughs> six months later, they <laughs> dug it up, and uh, now there's a Dollar General that I never went to in my. Sight. Have you ever thought about running for mayor? 
Sorry no. to interrupt you, but I got, I got, why not? I like my alone time. It would be so awesome <laughs> if Jimmy Doresta was the mayor of a small oh, town. You know what I'm going to announce right here and now? Right, This is, mm, this is a no. real announcement. Okay. My little, Jimmy's running for mayor. My little town. <laughs> no, my little town of East Durham. I have some fans here. So as I'm starting to like in the last year and a half, I'm meeting people every day. But in the last year and a half, I made some, some good friendships with some people that were fans of mine that had no idea that I was in this vicinity. And one of them is a family that owns a lot of hotels and they're like, we own this. Oh, you, I'm like, you own that. Oh, we own that. They own like seven or eight of the hotels in town. This whole used to be a resort area at the turn of the century. So if you guys come through here, you'll realize there's houses in every house. There's like a, like my house used to be a, a vacation home. This whole area used to be like the Hamptons is in New York now. Anyway, this family owns five or seven of these hotels up and down the strip. And one of them is very, is used most often. And they said, Let's host a maker event up here. And they do that. They have like a motorcycle rally, which is one of the biggest things up here. The whole town fills up with, with Harleys for about five days. Anyway, they're doing a, um, they want to do a maker event up here in October. Hmm. I don't want to say anything oh, wow. more specific than that until we have a plan, but they're going to host the maker event. They could have like 200 people at that one hotel. The whole, they want to make the whole town into like a maker weekend. Wow. And with my help and so... It might be like a like a maker central or a workbench con, like a new thing, like that might happen annually if it makes money. They're gonna they're gonna run it, and they expect me to market it. So it's it could be a really fun thing. Huh. So there'll be classes and flea markets and you know old tool sales, and they have all the pro- and camping. They have enough to you can they have like enough room to camp for like three hundred people and their cars and everything. They they. They got this all figured out because they've been doing this, but they want to do one specifically for, for makers. Wow. Sweet. So. This show is the king of announcing events that aren't scheduled yet, like our, <laughs> our, our, our video class and our making it 200 and, yeah. and, and now this thing. So. Yeah, that's pretty funny. So that I sounds just, cool, though. We had our first cool. little uh, meeting about it, and then we're going we're gonna to have a real big meeting about it, me and Brett and Taylor and... And, and those guys, like I said, I don't want to say the name just yet, just in, in case things, you know, unscheduled yeah. events are easily go away. But these guys are very gung-ho about it, and, and they're real businessmen. So, Will there be like, hands-on um, tools? That, that's a possibility. Um, we, that's what we need to sit down and discuss. They, want, they really want to do workshops. They want, to, they want to host a whole scheduled weekend with workshops. And, you know, they would want me to have workshops and all this other stuff. And so it'll be fun. We'll see where it goes. Maybe we can get it sponsored by Dollar General. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so if you sponsor, could you leave if you sponsored? Oh. Yeah. Uh, but we don't want to. We don't want to. We don't want to poop on Dollar General. They might be a good sponsor. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> well, what have you guys been uh, working on? Anything? I just finished my. Cool? I, I just finished my 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 last Lowe's video. I just finished. Um, I'll wrap that today. That's exciting because. I thought that would be more complicated. So that's done. But then uh, I have a couple of house visitors. They've been hanging out. It's been Taylor's birthday weekend. So yesterday and the day before we hung out and just kind of did like family stuff with my house guests. And we had fun. Derek's here. You see some of the Instagram story. Derek's here. and Kevin's here. And Taylor's got a friend over. And uh, yeah, it's been kind of a chill weekend. And it's just been too cold to do anything. That's really the thing. And, and my other, in other news, I have heat now in my big shop which is great. I have a nest. 
I could look at my phone and see how cold it is in my shop. And whereas me and Brett used to kind of have, do the, the who's going to light the stove standoff on a day like this. <laughs> and we saw it work at like 1.30 when I see smoke coming out of the building. <laughs> I drive by to like get a coffee. Be like, oh, okay, the, Brett's there and the smoke's coming out of the stack. <laughs> but now, now we just turn the heat on. I could turn it on remotely on my Nest. So nice. it's exciting. And it really works. We have these two big tube heaters. And uh, people ask how much it costs. It was $9,000 installed. And I still haven't paid the balance. And then I had to get uh, propane installed, and I still haven't gotten that bill. So that's probably going to be another thousand dollars. So, and I, I paid. I made my down payment in November, so they finally got their act together to install it last week. So that's how long we've been waiting for heat, and it came in a good time because now it's uh, minus seven today, and we are going to go do some stuff in the shop later, but it's not going to be fun. I'll tell you that right now. That's crazy. But I could turn yeah, the heat I mean, up so from like, here. We'll get, so if, if living in a place like that, I guess for both you guys, but you know, David, yours is probably more controlled. I mean, is there a portion of the year where you just are far less productive just because it's not worth being in the shop? Honestly, that's why I, I kind of delved into fusion and 3D printing. Mm-hmm. That is exactly why. Because, you know, where I'd be tinkering on, I haven't done, I, I haven't done anything on the lathe. I haven't done anything on my Tormach. Because they're all in the cold areas. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't really have that problem because it's such a small space and it cools down or heats up, you know, within 15 minutes or so. Hmm. Yeah, I got That's pretty well. I hadn't thought about that. You'd be actually like making stuff seasonally uh, just based on like what tools you could get to. Well, right now it's it's minus seven here right now and it'll probably start going up hopefully soon but it's only like this you know a few days of the year you know like we're we're going to be in february soon and then if we make it through february then that's it so it's like you know four weeks (laughs) if we make it through february (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. are you expecting something bad in february the killer vortex is coming through (laughs) life on the Mm. farm I haven't even run my water yet, but last year we solved the problem of anytime it got down around 20 degrees, the, the pipes would freeze because there was this one little section of pipe in the foundation. that. So I wrapped it with heat tape last year, and so far this year we haven't had a frozen pipe. So, But today, I don't know. My, maybe it's a different story. I haven't even run the water yet. Hmm. We'll see. This is, it's always in the same exact spot. My, I'm really lucky because my... <clears throat> excuse me shop is in a basement so it's like basically you know the same temperature as the house all year long and it's on the same heat and cooling as the rest of the house but it never changes temperature even if the rest of the house is trying to keep up with whatever's outside it's pretty awesome i'm gonna check my nest while we talk <laughs> yeah we had a we had a new air conditioner installed last year and we brought over our nest from the old house and then after uh, I went to install the Nest and looking at the wiring diagram, it said it wasn't compatible with, with, my, with our system. And that, was, that huh. made me sad. And so the, uh, the thermostat that the heating and air conditioning company installed, it's, it's got a digital screen and you can hook up to Wi-Fi, which we haven't. Because when I look at it, it's just like... You, you ever get into a car and you and it has a tiny little color screen on the dash, but the, it's so pixelated and ugly. You're like, why would 
it, it just reminds yeah. me of like ugly car dash. <laughs> like I don't even want to touch this thing. Mm. Yeah, a little. Uh, let me brag on Nest. They're not sponsoring this, although that would be cool. <laughs> but we installed a Nest years ago in Savannah, and I installed it in the summer. I think it was like right after we bought the house or something. But anyway, I installed it. It worked great with the AC. And then it got into the winter, and we woke up one morning, and it was super cold in the house. And, like, I had to, I had switched it to heat over the night. I'm like, oh, it's finally going to start getting cool tonight. I'll switch it to heat. You know, we'll be good when we wake up. And it was freezing. Like, not freezing. It was, like, 50-something degrees in the house. And with small kids, waking up to a 50-degree house is kind of a big deal. So um, I went down and, like, tried to figure out what was wrong. And it turned out that there was, like, a wire that was sticking out of somewhere. This is so long ago, I don't really remember the details, but there was a wire sticking out of um, somewhere in the back of the furnace that, like, wasn't labeled. And so I called Nest, and I was like, hey, what is this wire? How do I do this thing, get on the customer service? And it was not a Nest problem at all. But the guy on customer service just, like, tried to help me figure out what it was, and then once we figured out that it was not a Nest problem, I was like, well, thanks for your help. I'll let you go. I'll, I'll get this figured out. And he was like, no, let me stay on the phone with you until we get oh, this man. figured out. So he was on his end doing, like, Google research, trying to figure out what this wire was and where it should be attached and all this stuff. And he ended up solving the problem <clears throat> Excuse me, that had nothing to do with them. But I thought that was super cool because he went, like, above and beyond his job to make sure that I could get the heat on for my family. And That is very well. Real- That's very rare. Very rare. It was very cool. But what have I been doing this week? It will be my my first class in the beginning welded sculpture class that I'm taking at the art museum. And so, I'm, oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped about that. That happens on on Wednesday, and uh, I think it's I think it's ten weeks. So by the time this comes out, I'll have had my first class. I have no idea what to expect. I don't know if I get to design something and make something, or if we're all working on the same thing, or if there's a, a project ready to go, but. Uh, then after that, there's, an, uh, there's going to be, they have an advanced class, and so if I like it, I will continue taking classes there. Do you know if it's, like, what the mix is at all between, like, the, this, I don't know how to ask this, like, the welding skill versus just the idea of sculpture, or do you know, like... Don't, don't know. Um, all I know is it said no welding experience needed for this, for this hmm. course, so we'll, we'll see. That's cool. Yeah, and then uh, we shot a shop tour video that might even go out today. It's it's edited and it's waiting for sponsor review, and that was c- kind of fun. So we um, we just typical shop tour. We talk about the tools, but I also talk about my dust collection and why I have my dust dust collection the way it is. No no central thing, and then I also. Uh, I talk about what tools I purchased and what tools were given to me because I'm tired of the you, everybody gives you free tools <laughs> type thing. I'm like, well, <laughs> let's so and some of the tools were given to me, but most of them were not. And so I go over I go over all of that and, and kind of uh, clear the air with with that. And I think it's a shop tour videos. I, I think I have a good pace. I think it's I'm I'm gonna brag. I think it's the best shop tour video ever shot. I'm just going to say it. 
That's cool. Yeah, people call I always have to do one. like an internal dilemma about shop tour, not about other people's tours, because I don't ever think negatively of watching one. I, I guess I don't watch them either. But <clears throat> a lot of people ask me to do one, you know, oh, just over the years. And I have done them before, but it, it just feels weird to me. It feels like bragging. Yeah, yeah. It's and okay I, to brag. I don't, brag and I don't, boast. Who no. cares? <laughs> I don't. I care. Just, I don't want to do that. Just delete those few comments, and everything will be fine. Well, no, 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 no. It's not about the comments. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. It's it like honestly just doesn't feel like. I, no, I think okay. So, I think it's so more I about. Like, I think it's more about showing off what you have and the things you can do, and hey, you can do this too. That's that's what I. Feel. I don't. I don't see the. I don't see a lot of value in it from for what I do. The translation of like making a project, trying to you know give a little bit of skill. This sounds like I'm attacking you, David, because you just no, said no, no, you did no, a shop no. tour. Please don't take it that yeah. way. Um, but like when I think about you know doing a project, I'm giving, trying to give some experience, some skill, some inspiration, something to get somebody moving on their own thing. Like that's my thing. And when I do a shop tour, I'm not sure what could be really valuable out of that, other than like just somebody seeing how my stuff is laid out I, maybe i don't know i just so for me i haven't been able to get myself to do one but the 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 main purpose is uh, i start off the video i mean within the first few sentences i say this is not to brag about what i have this is to answer a lot of questions that i get i get comments i get emails this is so this is this is a central video or a central place on my website where somebody says hey what's you what are you using for dust collection or what what tool do you have? I can send them there and it'll answer all of the questions about the tools that I have. And I also, um, I try to explain like, I have these tools for this particular purpose. You can build the same things that I'm building with much smaller tools uh, or, or um, less expensive tools. And so it, it, it's kind of a way for me to send, it's just a, a place for me to send people when they have questions or they say, you, you, there's there's the a few people who are like I don't have what you have, you know you're you're out of reach. There's you can't do that. And I'm like yes you can, go here and check this out. So um, for me it it does it does have a purpose. And in the past, shop tour videos have typically done well for me, and they seem to do well for other people. Eventually that I think it's going to go away. I think people are going to get sick of seeing shop tours, but going on past numbers, it will, it will do well. Yeah, that's interesting. And I mean, that's a good way to go about it. Like saying up front, like, this is the purpose of doing, doing that, uh, like what you're going to say, maybe I should look at trying to figure out a way to present it to where it's like focused on adding some value and not just, yeah, I have this and I have this yeah. and I have this. Cause that's the thing. That's the way I've been thinking about it, but you have a better perspective on it there yeah, even i like um go I, was, I was gonna say even i uh when we did the tour i at the end of the video i i said hey this wasn't meant to brag this is just to give you an overview of my decision making process and these tools and i edited the video and it's and it's 20 minutes long and i'm like i gotta reshoot the beginning i gotta say this at the very beginning you know so i went reshot the intro saying not a brag this is this is why i do what I do and, and purchase what I purchase. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, cool. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Maybe I'll steal some of your ideas. Please do. Uh, my, my, <laughs> my, all of my videos, all of my projects are meant to be stolen and reused, repurposed. Like I'm, you know, 
not not for you but for the for the viewers i want people to take the ideas if you don't have the tools that i have but maybe they can pick up something from the video that that sparks an idea for them to make this other thing or whatever so my my ideas are meant to be stolen as all of ours are i believe you know yeah i think otherwise why would you put it out there right i mean it didn't make any... I have heard of some people being upset that, like, they put out a design for a piece of furniture and then, like, other people made that design. And I'm like, well, if you're going to show people how to do it, <laughs> like, what do you expect yeah. first? But you should also be kind of honored um, about that. I don't know. Well, that's cool. I'm looking forward to it. You think it'll come out today? I think so. Waiting uh, um, waiting on sponsor review. But, yeah, it, it should come out today. Even... Um, cool. I encourage... Even, it says in the beginning of my books, like, you can take these projects make them and then sell them for, for profit. So anything, uh, uh, woodworking is super expensive. There's no doubt. And there's ways to get around how expensive it is. But, uh, I feel like if there's anything that I can do to help ease the, the cost of woodworking, take the things that I show you how to make and sell them to, to help pay for tools. Yeah. Yeah. Reinvest. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, I've been working on the bathroom still, uh, this f- thing that feels like it's never ending, but um, I've got the shower, got the floor like underlayment installed. I've got the shower all installed and waterproofed. Theoretically, I haven't done the water test yet, but that's been an interesting learning process. And I've been finishing up the drywall. It's really close to a point, and I may have talked about this last week, but like when you redo a room, you have to tear it down, right? You have to rip everything old out. And then it looks awful <clears throat> for a long time. Even if you're doing work, it looks bad. And then all of a sudden, stuff starts being finished. It's weird. Um, but I'm at that point now where today I think tile will start going down. And so from today, it will start looking drastically different every day You know, going forward. Um, we'll start doing floor tile. And then once that's grouted and sealed, then we can, like, paint walls and move in the vanity and start working on the shower tile and then the backsplash tile and then put the lights up. You know, it's like a this builds on everything from here. But um, up until this point, it's, you know, we can't do X because of Y. I can't do Y because of Z. We, there's this big stack of things that can't be done until that floor tile goes down. And so now we're at a point where that big thing, that work hold, is about to be removed and then stuff can really start moving. So that's pretty cool. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to not having <laughs> this like, you know, thing that's just waiting there. It was funny. Cause I was thinking last week sometime I was remembering back a few months ago, there was a point and I don't remember when this was or what I was working on, but there was a point where we had three weeks of videos finished in the can uploaded, ready to go. And at the end of the day, I could walk upstairs and be like, yep, I am turning it off. Like, there's, I don't have to do anything until tomorrow. And I'm like, this is, I finally got there to the the level where like work is, is done for the day and my brain can be somewhere else until tomorrow morning when I walk downstairs. And now it's just like, ah, oh, there's a bathroom. Ah, oh, there's bathroom and stuff. Oh, I got to figure out this thing. I got to figure out how the drain goes into the tile and the this and the that. And yeah. Are you filming the bathroom stuff? Is it going to be a video? Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, it's um, it's a two part video. Oh, that's uh, tell me the how you feel about the difference between doing something that takes a day or two to make to film, and then something that takes a month long. Is is the do you get are you satisfied by both 
like there's the instant gratification um, of making something in a day and filming it. I'm like, that was awesome. That was it was great. And then the the month long projects. I haven't done a month long project, but that's got to be like, is this going to work out? Is this going to make a video? Are we going to have like 20 hours of footage? Like, I think all of these things yeah. that eat at me. So the the I found that the short term stuff. Like, I did a shadow box a couple weeks ago, and I did it start to finish in a day. And it was like, I mean, start from like, hey, I should make a shadow box to being done with the video in a day. And that was gratifying at the end of that day. You know, like, wow, I, I did a thing. Start to finish. That feels really cool. But then the next day, it was like gone and over with. Mm-hmm. And that's not a thing I need. It's not a thing I really use. It, I mean, it had a purpose, but it's not like I go look at my shadow box every day. Um, but the like the mudroom we did recently took a month or so around other projects and the whole time it was like man this thing's never going to finish like i keep i kept running into problems and all this stuff and every time you would get past i would get past a roadblock um it didn't really feel like i was making progress because there was still so much left to do but then when i finally got done with the room now every t- and, and it felt good that day in the same way that the shadow box felt good but now every time i walk through that room I honestly have like a swell of pride. Like, man, this room looks mm. awesome. Like, and we use it, and it's purposeful. And so, it's interesting that the longer extension of work and the more effort and kind of stress that went into it has paid off in a way that like there's a more, I think, a more long term enjoyment and kind of pride about that work. And I think the bathroom is going to be even more so because it's way more work than the mudroom was and it's also a more even <laughs> more private space like it's our master bathroom so it's for my wife and I to use not for the whole family it's not like random strangers will you know not random strangers <laughs> friends who come over will <laughs> be like in our bathroom I mean random strangers shouldn't be there either but uh, so yeah it's a different feeling I think to have something long term like that I mean Jimmy probably has the same kind of thing about his building because it's even longer term it is and is a pretty is. personal space too no it is it is it is i mean i'm the one thing i i feel about every time i go into my building is the personal friendships i made because of it and you know some long-lasting friendships have come out of and it's only been a year or two but it's great i, I can't people are always like oh you built that i'm like i didn't build it some of my closest friends built it and i'm really proud to say that the building was the impetus and the reason why i remember the first phone call i had with kyle he was like wait who are you and what do you what do you want to you want to come to your place and make a building? I mean, I don't never leave my my town. Like that's kind of far away, and uh, he he wasn't that rude. I'm making fun, but uh, you know, I think of that, and you know, David and Patrick, and just the, the you know the the friendships it's brought together. So for that, it's a huge sense of pride, and and the classes, the few classes we've done there, and and the great times we've had. So it's it's really it's it's real big sense of pride from that point of view. Like I had a little bit of a vision and I didn't exactly know where I was going to go. And it's only just the beginning. I mean, we really haven't even gotten started with it. We just, we did get electric, by the way, in the building. The, the, the town came and connected. So I have the electric right up to the, to the meter and to the box. But uh, this weekend we were going to work on it. But because of the cold, Patrick decided not to go out there. And, and I'm happy that he made that decision because of the snow. We, we were supposed to get like two feet of snow in upstate New York this weekend. We only got about 10 inches, but it's, it's enough to snarl everything up. So everybody's plans changed over the weekend. That's why it was a lazy weekend. So that's going to be coming soon. I, I can, I'm going to have outlets, full lights. I'm going to be able to turn on all 29 lights in the ceiling. I'm going to hook up my, my fans. And it's, uh, you know, so it's going to, things are going to happen a little bit quicker now. 
we finally do have electric. So, I mean, but you already have some electric in there, right? Yeah, well, years going back two, three years ago when I bought those containers, I had electrical service from the town provided right to the corner of that property there. It's two properties. It's 20-acre lots, two 20-acre lots. So that building's on the second lot. So I do have two addresses and I have two meters. And so that meter has been there. And it was basically just a pole with a light with a with two plugs on it, a 220 plug and a, and a 110 plug. And that's how I was able to run my plasma cutter. And that's how the shop has had lights. We had three 100-foot extension cords going from the pole to there. And that's how I'm able to be in there with lights on. But that's now disconnected and we have to... So at the moment, I have no electric in there past the the circuit breakers. So that's that. Uh, we have some wires run, some outlets run. So it's just a matter of letting Patrick get in there and connect them correctly. I can go in there, but I'll probably electrocute myself. So I'll just wait for him. <laughs> but no, it's sense of pride, definitely, definitely. And when I think about this whole piece of property that I bought, and you know how it's been such a great communal space for a lot of the people that have come here, it's that that's another sense of pride. I, I mean, I, my dad called me and. The summer of 2004, and it's like, hey, my friend's selling a house. Are you interested? You should take a look at it. It looks like something that would be perfect for you. And that's how I got this place because my dad said, oh, go look at this house my friend is selling. And it's been great. Like from the minute I met John, the guy who bought the house from we're still friends. Hmm. So, yeah, it's just been great. This house has got a lot, of, a lot of good mojo to this place. So I'm happy. Awesome. I'm happy it found me. <laughs> Well, we uh, kind of had a topic that we were going to talk about. I don't know. We don't have a good segue into it. But <clears throat> we had mentioned um, kind of multiple income streams. Yeah, we were going to just talk a little bit about that because uh, lately a lot of friends have been asking me, what do you think about YouTube? Is it, a, is it a viable income? And I'm sure you guys both get that same question. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. Like, So a lot of the people around me... I don't, <laughs> I don't see a lot of people, right? So I see my family, my not not just my immediate family, but like my brother and sister and parents, and they live near, and a few close friends. And around them, it's become normalized. Like they know this is what I do. It's not a big deal. It's they don't think it's weird anymore, or maybe never did. Um, but then I have you know extended uncles extended family, uncles and aunts and cousins and stuff who have different degrees of understanding as to what this is. And um, so it's kind of funny there occasionally having to re-explain, you know, like that it is a real job and like I have employees now and stuff like that. Um, But I think one of the things that makes that viable and makes it a reality is having multiple streams of income. And for somebody that doesn't know what that means, I, I don't think that just has to do with YouTube. And I think that's where we wanted to talk about. Um, it's not it's not a YouTube thing requiring multiple streams of income. But I think if you're self-employed in any way, it's a really smart thing to have money coming in from different directions. And I mean, I... I, I don't I can't think of a situation where you would be self employed and that wasn't the case unless you're maybe like a doctor or something. It's easy for me to say, but I think it's easy to get multiple streams of income. Easier than most people would assume. Especially with the, the, the social media and the ability to put something online and say, Hey, this is for sale. 
that is so easy to do. You know, you don't have to go stand at the edge of your driveway like a garage sale anymore. Mm-hmm. You can literally just put something on on Instagram and say, this is for sale. The highest bidder by the end of the day wins. And I, I, I know a lot of people we all know are doing that and they make a lot of money. I'm not saying that's the most viable way or a, you know, but that is a way to just create things and put it for sale. And then you make something that people like and they're like, hey, can I have one of those too? And then all of a sudden, the fire starts to grow a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'd say I, real quick, I have a friend in in town here, a guy that I grew up with, um, and I ran into him at a, I don't know, a wedding or a funeral or something. And I was like, hey, what are you doing now? He's like, well, I run an Amazon store. I'm like, okay, tell me more. And basically, he started out, and I don't remember the specific, it was like pet something, like dog leashes or some sort of a pet utility thing. And he bought a box of them from China or some someplace and then resold, like put them in an Amazon distribution center and then put up the product and they all sold and he made money. And then he took that money and he reinvested it in more product. <clears throat> then he got into the, the, it grew to a point to where he doesn't ever touch a single piece of inventory. He has these people who produce uh, the goods that he sells. They send them directly to Amazon distribution and he has people that market it for him to sell it on certain places, like, you know, to target like whoever's into car parts, then, you know, they market it to those people. But basically, he has this an almost entirely passive business of selling legitimate products to people who want them, you know, at good prices through Amazon, but it's all hands off. And when he told me that whole process... I mean, it's it's a lot of work because there's a lot of management and there's a lot of, you know, making sure you, you got to handle customer service and there's a lot to it. But it's an entirely legitimate retail business that he doesn't have to touch. I mean, you know, physically, he doesn't have to touch. He doesn't have to be there. He doesn't have a counter he has to stand behind. He doesn't have to pay rent, stuff like that. And it was a, a really cool example of, you know, a way to be able to generate an income on the side while you put your physical time and your physical, you know, being into something that maybe you care more about. Like, so if you're a woodworker, but you can't figure out a way to make money at it yet, you know, that's something like that. Some sort of passive side income can pay the bills while you are physically building the things that you want to build to sell. And while you're trying to get those first connections to, you know, make things. I thought that was really cool. What were you going to say, David? Um, I don't recall. I, 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 I do. So, I, I've taken a cue from Jimmy, and lately I've sold a couple things up on eBay. And I just want to, uh, if we're going to talk about selling stuff, there the internet is a great like equalizer. You don't have to have a huge audience, like a YouTube audience, although it definitely helps. But but throwing something up on eBay has. Uh, nothing to do with your YouTube audience. You're competing against other 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 people. It's not a it's not a popularity thing, Un- unless you're a, a big YouTuber and you're like and you're you're buying something because of the name behind it. But if you're just buying a product for the product, you it's 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 an equal playing field. And like Bob said, there's there's Amazon. There's also Etsy. So Etsy is another great place to put up your stuff where it's 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 an equal playing field. If you if you do have a large audience, you can sell stuff on your own website. And then there's a uh, there's a guy in town who um, just has very very basic tools, but he makes these 
picnic tables out of uh home center two by fours and two by sixes and they're and they're they're great he distresses them and and makes them look all cool and just started throwing them up on craigslist and he he has you know no no social media following whatsoever just started throwing them up on craigslist people bought them the word got out and then now his summers are just filled with this making these tables just because the the word got out and people people like them so the the trick is to find something that you enjoy making something that people act people want and being efficient at making that thing and then um finding finding the place to sell them uh facebook marketplace is another place to go as well to sell stuff products are a big thing making a, a simple product in this day and age with digital fabrication we can all make a simple product and it's really not that far it's not that far out of reach for instance i just got the 3d printer of course it was gifted to me by my friend at filament friday but it's only 400 bucks everybody that's seen it go that's only 400 dollars. that's like not a big deal to get into 3D printing. Now, 3D printing isn't a real viable way to, to, to make money in products. It's really more of like a hobby. But um, CNC really is. I, I remember when I bought my CNC machine in 2013, I immediately started making money with it. And I didn't even know what I was doing. And having a CNC in the shop, you could immediately do sign work. You guys remember last year at WordCamp? Uh, was it? No, it was at WorkbenchCon last year when Zach went up and he did the whole presentation on -hmm. on the x carve he did an excellent presentation and he showed all these very heartfelt stories about people that whose lives have changed because they bought a cnc machine real simple businesses but they're obviously making money because they're a having fun and b constantly producing this one i remember this one woman was making all these inspirational signs on her x carve so it's it is possible you know if you if you're itching to make multiple incomes a cnc is a really good option yeah, and like I mean, I know you, you just kind of blew off three uh, D printing as like a, not a way to make money, but I think they're and and maybe the, physically the prints are not a great way to make money. Although maybe they are providing the service, services. Providing the services. There's a couple services. There's one called three uh, D Hubs, and there's a few other ones that do the same thing. But basically, you become a print node for the service. So if somebody wants to get something printed, they go to three D Hubs. That connects them with someone that ha- locally that has a printer sends them the file, that person prints it, and then you get the file, the thing that you wanted printed from that local person. So instead of it being shipped all over the world or whatever, you can get it printed locally. So you could become one of those nodes and actually just take advantage of the fact that you have a printer to make a little bit of money. But I think even more, um, you know, useful, or whatever, is using the skills around 3D printing to sell digital work. So if you have done... Uh, 3D modeling at all, which you often have to do to be, you know, in Fusion or in ZBrush or in whatever to to do 3D printing. If you've done uh, 3D modeling, then you can sell those files. So you could model up uh, some prop piece or some specialized jig for woodworking or I don't know, whatever you can think of. You can model those things up and sell the digital file and you can do that through Etsy, you could do it through your own website. You could do it through, um, you know, a bunch of like. I just bought a model. Like that. I just bought a model of a brain for forty dollars on. Yeah. On a squid, squidiverse. What is it called? Squid, squid world. I don't. Turbo know. Squid? squid. There's like a squid. Turbo squid? No, no. I'm just making stuff up. Now. Some, 
There's something where yeah. you can buy like 3D models for Fusion. So I bought a model of a yeah. brain. Yeah, I mean, like, so I've bu- I've bought um, two or three different costume models for 25 to 40 bucks for my family because I didn't have time to remodel all those things, and we're going to make costumes out of them, you know, to go to this Star Wars thing we're going to. And it was totally worth it for me to get these super high-quality models for 40 50 bucks. But that person spent the time to model something, and every time they sell it, there's zero cost other than their time, right? So there's no investment in, I guess, maybe the software, if you're paying for the software. But other than that, there's no physical cost. And so every one of those $40 sales is $40 that you get. And so, I mean, selling digital goods, especially something that is really unique, like if you can model something that nobody else can really do easily, you have a specialization right there. You have a skill that stands out, uh, and you can sell that skill. So uh, something like that, you know, you don't have to necessarily have an infrastructure like a, a workshop or anything. Um, you just have to have build up the skill set and then have the software available, and you can do that. You can do the same thing with books. Maybe you have knowledge, and you, uh, you don't have the tools to do a project, but you could explain it well, and you can draw out things. You can make an ebook. I know that um, a lot of people in our space, especially in the prop space, sell ebooks uh, at a really high degree because it's a great way to get the information out to the people who actually want to make things. And you can, that's another thing where it can be entirely digital, basically no cost to put the thing together, free to post up onto sites like Amazon. Um, you know, but it can be a passive income because once you do that work and you put it out there, then that money can come in on the side and then that money can allow you to actually reinvest in the tools that you need to make things or, you know, spend the time making the stuff mm. that you want to make. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's just, if anybody ever wants to get into this social media game, and this is partly what WorkbenchCon is about, and we're, we're going to go listen to people talk about it, but if you want to get into the social media game and it's something you're interested in, that's one thing. But if you're not interested in it at all, but... The point I'm making is you need multiple streams of income and, and they're, they're, they're more available than you might think. If you have like a, say for instance, a civil service job and you're used to doing that. And if you do find holes in the week where you can create, you can sell small objects or if you have a good idea, look what Jocko just did. I mean, Jocko, <laughs> Jocko worked his, his butt off and he still is. I know he hasn't fulfilled every order and he's still working hard behind the scenes, but now he's yeah, got Jocko. Yeah, Jocko, I, I want my knife. I, I, I want my knife. I want my knife. <laughs> I get first. But there is a great example of he had an idea, he developed the product, he had he had resources, but it's not and not to diminish the effort he put into that knife. It is a, a piece of metal you can hold in your hand. And because of his brain, he developed the shape of that piece of metal. And because of his brain, he developed a marketing plan that made that altogether unique. Used what he had at his advantage to make it altogether unique, made it sexy. His design sense, his European styling goes into everything he did for that, the packaging. Anybody can do that. You just got to implement it. You know, and a lot of times people live in environments where people are like, oh, you shouldn't do that. What are you doing? Stay in your lane. Go outside your lane. If you have an urge to do it, just do what you want. And, and this is the best piece of advice I got from somebody years ago. Don't tell anybody your idea. If you're in an environment where it's kind of a little soul crushing or you work in a garage or there's other guys that might pick on you, don't tell anybody your idea. Don't try and change their thoughts to what you, because if you're, if you want to get out of the bucket, you want to be the crab that gets out of that bucket, 
don't talk to another crab in that bucket. Talk to people outside your world that are inspiring or, you know, email me if you want. Talk to people that are going to help you see that vision. You know, because that's a lot of reasons why a lot of people don't get outside their comfort zone is because of their environment or the people that they share their day with at work are going to be like, what are you doing? You already got a job. You make good money. What do you need to do that for? I, I know a lot of guys like that and I grew up in that environment. And just don't tell people your idea. You know, I, I, hmm. there was a, 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 I shouldn't say who, but I lived with somebody for a while, Kid Zero Town, who would always be afraid for me and never like, oh, you sure you want to do that? That's a really big step. You should. I'm like, I don't want to hear that. Are you sure? Are you sure you should buy this tool? It's really expensive. I don't want to hear that. What I want to hear is, oh man, that's so amazing that you took that step to take that chance. Don't pull me back into your fears. I don't want to hear it. So yeah. I learned to not tell my dad stuff. Oh, did I just say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> my dad's very proud of me now, but growing up, he was very nervous for me all the time. And that nervous energy, mm. like, I was like, I don't want to hear it. He would come in my shop and he would look around and go, oh my God, this must cost you so much money every month. How much is your rent? How much is your insurance? How much is the heating bill? I'm like, I don't even know any of those things. But all I know is that my bank account is positive. And that's what I'm worried about. I don't, I don't want to know those things because I grew up in an environment where those things like just keep sucking you back. If I worried about how much the gravel was going to cost in my driveway, or if I, if I worried about how much leveling the plot off was going to be, I didn't even know all those were part of the cost because I jumped into it. Oh, yeah, we hmm. need 13 truckloads of gravel. I'm like, really? One won't do it? <laughs> no, you're building a really big building. We need 13, 14 truckloads of gravel. Really? Four. $400 a truck, you know, and probably less. I don't know. Hmm. It's crazy. But, you know, if you stop and worry about all those details, that's what keeps people from always going, ah, I'll do it next year. I'll do it next year. I'll, yeah. do, I'll do it next year. And I do that. I still do that to myself. I fight it all the time when I'm thinking like, oh, I'll learn how to use that process next year. I'll learn how to use that process next year. Because I'm like, well, do I really have the time to sit there and learn something that I'm afraid of and it's complicated? I do. Yeah, it's just a matter of priorities. Well, it's interesting. Uh, I, this, I guess we're kind of changing the topic here, but it is, it's interesting between the difference between being, well, not the difference. There's, there's a way to have wisdom about decision-making and be, uh, maybe call it like wisely impulsive, like to know where the boundaries are of dangerous and uh, adventurous, right? Yeah. So there's there's some line there where you can say like, yes, I can take this new thing on. I can give this a shot, and it's not going to ruin me if it doesn't work. Right? There may be some negative side effects, but it's not like the end of the world. And I think what you're talking about is maybe people who look at, and we've talked about this before, people who look at any bad as the worst. Those are not <laughs> the same thing, right? So like, you can have something that's bad, but it's not really the worst. It's not mm. the worst possible outcome. People look at Anything bad is the worst possible outcome, and that stops them. That paralyzes them from being able to do anything. It, it, the other day, uh, Josh and I were talking about. Um, so he came on to work just over a year ago, and he worked for three months for me contract because I was unsure about whether it was like safe to hire a person full time, right? To see if I could hire, if I could afford them. I was worried about like somebody relying on me. And me being able to provide 
income for their family. You know, I mean, that was like a stress to me. And I was being cautious about it, which I think is that's the wise part. That's the wisdom that you should have. And then I was almost being overly cautious about it, though, because when I would look at the numbers, I'm like, yes, it's totally safe. It's doable. It's we can afford it. No, there's no danger uh, to me or to him. You know, it's just more like this is new. So I'm going to be overly cautious about it. Then later on in this year, he came on in last January full time. Then in August, uh, Forby, who has been working contract for me for years and years and years, we decided for him to come on full time. And then this month, actually today is Anthony's first day full time. And the pro the, the conversation was the difference in Josh, us talking about him coming on full time and him actually talking was three months, right? And him actually, it was that. Anthony, this, fast forward a year, Anthony came and shot for us one day and I called him that night and offered him the job. <laughs> and the difference there is the, I know that it's, there's still the same amount of danger. There's still the same amount of potential bad for me and for him. And I actually, the potential bad is probably greater because there's more people involved and there's more families involved that are relying on the income. But now I have the wisdom and the experience to say like, yes, there is potential bad, but there's also potential growth and potential good and potential provision for families. Like, let's focus on that. Let's take advantage of that opportunity and not worry about like, well, I don't know if it's going to be good for everybody or safe or, you know, some. Long way around saying the same thing you said, Jimmy. But I think it's, I think it's important to, to realize that, like, you can be cautious about something and still take a chance. Like, you can look at something cautiously from, like, a is this wise perspective. And you can still jump in and take a chance on something that may not work out. It doesn't mean that you're thinking through everything to the point to where, like, this will not fail. Mm -hmm. You can take a chance, and if it fails, it may not be the end of the world. I think the wisdom is trying to decide whether, like, this choice could ruin me or it could be a potentially not great thing because there is a big difference there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yep. Well, um, to, a, to jump back, real, yeah. just to make a big loop around because we got off topic, I got off topic. I thought of another thing that would be a good passive source of income. There's, uh, if you are in the 3D modeling world, like I was talking about, you can sell those files. There's also something called Shapeways, which is just another company that makes stuff, or they, they have a cool product. You can create a 3D file, <clears throat> upload it to Shapeways, and then they can sell it, the physical print of that thing, but they can sell it in all these different materials. So like Evan and Caitlin do this really well. Um, they design jewelry, they put the files up there, and then you can have them print the jewelry in metal when you can get, like, gold, stainless steel, titanium, I think, and all these different types of metals. And so you can actually get a physical object made into a really fine piece of jewelry. Um, but, you know, you can print it in plastic and all that stuff as well. But it's another place where you put in the digital work that produces a physical item that you don't have to actually touch. And so, you know, if your skill set, again, is in modeling and in the digital side of things, there are other ways to get physical objects produced out of that that people can buy. So just another option for side income. I think a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are tool people. You could 
you could buy used tools from your local thrift store or uh, reseller or or whatever Craigslist. You can rehab them, mod them, fix them up, make them look pretty, and, and sell them. There's so there's another way of making a little bit of extra cash on the side. That's true. Um, another thing, I don't know how you would market this, but I just thought of this because you mentioned the tools. So there's a lot of people that don't have room to make big stuff or they don't have a large tool. But if you have a shop that has a large tool, maybe you could figure out a way to farm out or like provide a service. This may be a stretch, but we were talking the other day here about somebody who didn't have... They wanted to make a piece of furniture, but they didn't have the room to break down the material. So, like, you come in, you know, start with, like, four sheets of plywood, but if you physically don't have the space to rip those down or you don't have a table saw, um, what do you do? Like, you find a friend that has a shop, and you go get your material broken down there. So maybe if you have access to those tools and you have the space, maybe you can provide some sort of, not milling service, but, you know, breakdown service or preparation of materials or something for somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you, I don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of brainstorming here, but I think there's a lot of times you, people overlook what they have in front of them being useful for other people. And so maybe you could look at the tools you have, the skills you have and figure out how to fill in the gaps for other people who don't have those things. And that could turn into, you know, an income for you as well. Just a thought. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly, that's kind of, I guess, what the CNC and 3D printing thing is as well. You have capability that somebody else doesn't have, and you can be the, the one that executes on that for them. But I also encourage everybody to come up with that one widget. You know, I, I found the ice pick. Jocko's got the Jocko knife, uh, you know, the maker knife. Come up with that one widget that actually can, can serve you some, some, some utility. Well, you know, that's all world is utility, but it doesn't have to be. You could come up with something. That's I, I I don't even know. I don't know. What's what's Come the thing you always say? Not just different. Different and better. Better. Better is spe- yeah. better is spelled wrong. No, different is spelled wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Dif- different and better. Different and better. Different and better. Yeah. No. Uh, it, it's out there for the taking. And uh, like I said, uh, you know, in my personal experience, a lot of people that I meet with and talk with and get emails from. There's always a sense of, 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 there's a sense of caution. And like Bob said, be cautious, but, you know, don't, don't spend the whole family nest egg on an adventure, but do it and don't talk to the naysayers. That's, that's my piece of advice today. Don't share it with people. Like, even if you live with, a, you live with a, your wife, your husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, keep it to yourself for a little while. Don't just run and share because then all of a sudden they're going to start putting their fears into you. Uh, you know, especially if you live with somebody, you know, dot all well, your T's, cross all your I's before, and then say, I need to borrow $10,000 from the bank account. I'll I, tell you why after. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was going to say, I'll just throw in real quick, depending on who you're with, because right. I, you know, I can Good speak point. for my wife that like, if I go to her with an idea, that idea will get better. That idea will get fleshed out in a way, will get expanded on in a way that wouldn't if I stayed in my own head. So it really depends on who you're around. It also depends on how you you say your idea. If you say it with confidence and excitement, the person that you're with 
should hopefully encourage uh, that. Like, if you, you can't just be like, I have this idea, I don't know if it's going to work or whatever. Yeah, well, of course that I'll The point I make it really yeah. is before you tell anybody, just think it through a little bit. Yeah. You should be with so somebody who's you. going to encourage. Uh, yeah. Email yeah. me for relationship yeah. advice. <laughs> Everybody come up with like a stupid invention and then share it with a friend, but be 100% serious. Oh. <laughs> That's a good experiment. Yeah, I, I kind of do that all the time. <laughs> I have a great idea. And let's come up with some stupid idea and share it with a friend and see what their reaction is. Share it with some, I'll tell you a funny story. A friend of mine. So if you come up with a crazy invention and share it with a f- close person, friend, wife, boyfriend, anybody, guy at work, and be deadpan serious. And it's just it's slightly off of like being a good idea. It's like totally stupid, but something about it makes it seem legit the way you present it. So the person listening has to be like, okay, let me not just shoot it down immediately. Let me think. This reminds me of a funny story one time. A friend of mine called and was such good friends. I haven't talked to him in years. But he called me one day and he's like, dude, I got arrested. I'm like, really? Why? What happened? He goes, I got arrested. I, I, I had a warrant. I'm arrested. I'm in jail. And I got to go see my daughter. And, and I need to get out of jail. He said, uh, can I borrow $10,000 from you? And I said, well, I don't have $10,000, but I could I could probably take an advance on this credit card. I could take an advance on that credit card. And and we could, I could probably get it together in the next few hours. Like, wh- where do you need to be? And he goes, I'm just kidding. You just passed the test. I go, what test? He goes, because <laughs> I wanted to see if you'd be there for me in a pinch. And so that just reminded me of that. I won't I- next time. <laughs> <laughs> but that reminded me of that idea when like you call up your friend and you go, hey, I got a great idea. And then they're listening and they go, okay, okay. Oh, 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 okay. It goes in your pocket. Okay. And, <laughs> and then, you know, when they go, well, you know, it'd be cool if it was blue. And then you go, oh, wow. They're like kind of on board with me being stupid and weird. That's great. And they go, that's a stupid idea. I'm in the middle of something. Can I call you later? And then, you know, that's the type of friend you don't go to. That's do a, funny. Do a little social media test. Social <laughs> interacting test. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys got anything else on this? I don't know how long we are, but. I, oh, well, I think an hour we, and three minutes. Um, I just want to say you don't. Some people just want to make just to make, and it doesn't have to be for, for profit. I just want to say, like, we're not. You don't have to always sell the things you're making. You can make just for fun. We're just Absolutely. talking about the people who are asking how to how to make a little bit of extra cash on the on the side, or maybe not on the side, maybe on on the front. So, or the, yeah, front and side, front and side. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. We've had a whole bunch of new supporters. Why is that this week? Because uh, well, because of the poster that we. Uh, committed to sending out, which we probably should have thought through a little bit more, but yeah, so Jimmy made these awesome posters. If you can making it here, you can making it anywhere. Have you double checked the spelling on those? <laughs> they look fine. I don't mean that in a negative way. No, I, I have showed like it to a few fans and somebody said you have anywhere is one word, not two. So I band sawed the plate apart and closed up the gap between the two words anywhere. So that was my... My one correction, I think. I posted I posted cool. an image of the poster on Instagram, and, and somebody's like, that's a terrible sentence. What, why? why? <laughs> <laughs> Those are, that's the person you don't call to share your idea with. Exactly. That's right. There you go. It's a, that's, that's a, I, I can't wait to hear the stories that this is going to generate. 
Um, yeah, so we had a whole bunch of new supporters, and I appreciate that very much. I think all of us do really appreciate the support. Uh, we're going to get – so if you're listening to this episode, that means you've already – the poster's done. Uh, but today, this Monday, where we are right now and recording is the last day for people to, to be on the $10 list. So if you didn't get one, sorry, but I think, Jimmy, you're going to end up selling them on your site. There's 100 on. in the store right now. Yeah, there's 100 for sale in the okay. store. I think these I, are just going to be signed 20, by the three of us. The the ones that we have together through the Patreon is signed, but the ones on my store are signed by me. And I think they're twenty five bucks. I forget how much. I don't know. I, I'm like distancing myself from my store. <laughs> Everybody asks me questions. Like I don't know. You got to ask Scott. I don't know. I really don't know. We go just got new hats. Just Scott sent me a bunch. Just of give hats. him the website like, address. Like, oh wow, we got we got new hats. So yeah, so cool. it's nice. Thank you, Scott. What's the website? Cool. Uh, JimmyDeResta.com. And there's a clever a link for a shop there. Yeah, <laughs> that's a clever URL. Um, anyway, so big thank you to all the new Patreon supporters. Um, hang around after you get your poster. Feel free to <laughs> continue to support. But I want uh, to say I have behind the scenes news later when we go to the behind the scenes show. What is it called? Behind the yeah, scenes? after show. The after show. Yeah. So everybody, everybody who supports us at any level on Patreon gets the after show, which is more of us talking, and a lot of new people will get to hear it today. So you'll have behind the scenes stuff. That's cool. Um, I want to thank our top supporters, though, and these are people who have been around for a long time: Wise Old Dal, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, Caleb Harris, Maker and Training, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, BG Workshop, and Make Build Modify. Um, but big thanks to everybody who's helping us out over there. It it means a lot uh, to have the support and to help us cover costs and take some money home and stuff like that. So um, if you want to support us and get the after show, go to patreon.com slash making it and help us out. Or if you don't want to give us money, that's cool too. You can share the show around or leave us a review. That would be also helpful. Um, have you guys been watching anything new or cool? I I don't have a video. I got a book, and I'm really really enjoying this book. And uh, it's called the handmade uh, handmade electronic music, and it's all about just making little electronic instruments using um, how do you say it? piezo mics? Is that am I saying that right? Piezo, um, piezo, and uh, circuit bending. And I like the approach that this book takes, where it's like you know what, we're not going to learn uh, the physics and the theory of electronics. We're just going to do. And you can figure out all that other stuff later. So it's, it's, you, you just kind of dive right in and, and you, you, you start making noise with, with electronics. It's all battery-powered stuff, so it's, it's safe. And it does, the book talks about safety. So I couldn't find a video this morning. So I'm like, oh, what am I into? And I saw him like halfway through this book. And I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll find the Amazon link and I'll share it with everybody. And I have no idea why, but the Amazon link for this book, uh, the, the paperback version is $43. I have no idea why it's so expensive. I did not pay $43. Uh, the hardcover version is 110 So when I bought it, it was 25 bucks. So I am sorry for the price, but if you... Uh, if you're looking for a good book to just dive into, learn something new, it's a good book. Cool. I don't know if I brought this up already, but Peter Kane is a YouTuber. He's a he's a big he's he's an artist and a, and a dog trainer. So his channel's a bit mixed up, but he's a very funny guy. 
and he is doing a great job with Chippy. He's had Chippy since uh, he's had Chippy since December eighteenth, and he's going to have him till Valentine's Day. So that's he's almost going to have him for almost two months. And in that time, he saw Chippy a tremendous amount. So you can go to Peter Kane's channel, and he's in falling in love. I think I'm going to have a hard time getting him back. <laughs> I think he's going to give him back. But uh, check out Peter Kane's channel and you see him training Chippy. So when I get back, I'm, he says you're going to have the best five pound service dog. In the in the country, that's what he thinks. <laughs> so he's treating, awesome. he's teaching him to do retrieves and scent work and and just oh, you know stay whoa come go everything. And Chippy he said has been an amazing student. So check him out. And he, and he in every one of his lessons he videotapes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so he's, he's, do you get to see him? Oh yeah, yeah, every day, and he, we talk every day. So he's always sending. He's like, because I'll have a video out tomorrow. He's going to be at this number, and he's a bit unconventional because he's not. He's not like your typical dog trainer that's like got a perfect environment. You know, he's he's definitely unconventional, but he's very successful at what he does. So check him out. Sweet. Um, you know what? I'm going to totally cop out and just say I don't have one because I don't have one. I have not watched or read or listened to anything new in the last week. Um, I've been heads down working on this bathroom, and so I really just haven't taken in anything else. Well, I guess if anything, all right. Have we talked about Brooklyn Nine Nine before the TV show? It's it's amazing, and it just came back. It's so good. So if you've if you like comedies, go see Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's on Hulu. That's where we watch it. Um, but yeah, that's all I got because you know. I've been busy. So, uh, you guys got anything else for this week? That's it. Oh, you know what? I was going to say, we should come up with an invention that people would, um, just to give people like, I thought of an ice cream stick washing machine. So tell people like, you know, like if you're a parent and you have a lot of ice cream sticks and you make ice cream sticks, it's a desktop ice cream stick washing machine. I want to make that. What is an ice cream stick? Ice cream. I'm not sure I can share my. Oh, ideas like a popsicle pop. stick. Yeah, popsicle stick. Uh, huh. I never heard it called an ice cream. Stick. Ice creams, greater than popsicles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, that that's that's a stupid that's a stupid beginning to an idea. So that's that's your test idea. So you can go to your friends and say, "Hey, I thought of this thing. You know, my kids eat a lot of ice cream, and there's a lot of like sticky sticks lying around." So. I'm going to make a desktop ice cream popsicle stick washing machine. What do you think of that idea? Oh, man. I think I could be a millionaire. <laughs> I, I already think of it like like the little uh, uh, um, steel woolly thing oh. that you put your soldering iron into. It's like that, but it comes out the other side all, all clean. Oh, you see, I'm going to call Dave with my ideas because he wants to stop brainstorming on something that's never going to exist. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. All right. I'd like to hear some reactions from that. Desktop ice cream. It's going to have a USB port, too. So Of course. Oh. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you guys go run with that. <laughs> Let us know how it goes. Yeah. That's a fake idea, by the way. All right. Yeah. Fake ideas. Cool. All right. All right. Love we'll you. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I love ice cream sticks.